What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Haven't been on here in a while. Uh, it's been about a month, so I uh, apologize for that. But I uh, did want to bring y'all a little kind of midsummer update uh, here with some news. Been a lot that's going on. Transfer portal, um, you know, s- some coaching carousel stuff. Not not too much this summer, but um, a lot going on in the college lacrosse world. We'll talk some recruiting at the end of this episode, uh, but did want to bring y'all a little midsummer update, if you will, and uh, we'll get into things right now. So uh, mentioned the transfer portal. Um, been a lot of movement there this offseason as well. And uh, kind of wanted to touch on an article I've written on when this come out Wednesday. Winners from the transfer portal thus far. So obviously college across season off season is not over. Um, but August is quickly approaching. More players finding homes. The big name guys are pretty much all off the board at the moment. Um, and so kind of went, went through five programs that I thought were winners in the portal. Rutgers, who we'll touch on a bit because I haven't, I've talked about them multiple times on here this summer back in June. So um, I'll just touch on them a bit on the newest transfer. I'm going to kind of do a little recap there. But Rutgers, Maryland, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Villanova are the five programs that we will talk about on today's show regarding the transfer portal. And, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, little, little recap of Rutgers here. So, um, if you don't know, they have added former North Carolina attackman Brian Cameron, Penn midfielder Mitch Bartolo, Wesleyan attackman Ronan Jacoby, as well as a couple defensive guys. Newest addition, Bryant Boswell um, out of Bucknell. Salisbury uh, defenseman Brad Apker. I'd uh, probably bet he's going to play LSM um, with who they bring back. And you can put Boswell there with Gene Felix Russo. I'd probably put Apker at LSM. And then you have Toby Bergdorf. Uh, really good goalie out of Providence, and Sam Steffen, who out of Mount St. Mary's, who I'd probably rank as the number number two, number three face-off man uh, transfer this season or this summer. So uh, some really good pieces there. Boswell, uh, the most recent transfer coming in just a few days ago. I should say news breaking just a few days ago. Um, Chris Drzymski, I think, uh, broke that one. Um, and this guy was was a second-team All-American, uh, second-team All-Patriot League um, in 2019 as well as 2020. Um, you know, has, has been a starter, you know, really since his freshman. We started four games of 15 as a freshman and then has put a, been a full-time starter. Um, for the past three seasons there at Bucknell. Uh, had a pretty good defense there, uh, the Bison did. So 
uh, coming over to Rutgers to help a defense that does return quite a bit, as I mentioned, um, and I think improved a lot last year. I think can improve even more here in 2022. Um, biggest question for Rutgers, obviously offensively, how do those additions replace 165 points that you lose? That's not a question for me. I have no idea um, if they will. Can they? Um, the talent's there, but we'll see what what things end up looking like for Brecht and the Scarlet Knights. Moving on to Maryland, where uh, you know John Tillman and his staff, you know, coming off the NCAA title game appearance. Um, I think they're one of the clear-cut winners of the portal. Um, you know, they don't have as big of a class as some other guys, but they've got some very, very talented players here. Um, Keegan Khan, obviously the highlight, highlighting name here, attackman out of Villanova, a four-year starter with the Wildcats. As, I mean, he's going to step right in. Um, you get Wisnowskis back. You lose Bernhardt. Khan, no, no one's going to replace a Tualatin winner. That's never going to happen. But he can step in, fill those shoes. I think he's going to be a very good player um, in College Park. No, I think can very, very well fit into that system. Similarly, Owen Murphy, um, no, was one of the brightest spots for that Blue Jays squad in 2020 as a freshman. Didn't play last year. Um as he went into the portal in the fall, um, didn't play at all last year, and now he rejoins forces with, uh, no, Bobby Benson in College Park, uh, who was his OC at Hopkins. Went to college, went to Maryland last year. Is staying on staff there. So uh, Owen Murphy, Bobby Benson reunite <laughs> in College Park of all places um, for two former Hopkins guys to be. Um, in terms of player and coach. So um, we'll see how things end up there. I think those are two big additions to that offense for Maryland. And it's, it's an offense, like I said, returns Logan Wisnowskis, returns um, a number of guys uh, in addition to him, some younger guys that we saw step up last year. Eric Malver, um, you know, what does he do as a sophomore here in 2022 uh, with those additions? And this is a, an offense that usually is pretty pretty deep, uses a lot. Um, so we'll see how things go there with both of those guys. Um, at the attack spot, and then at the midfield, you get Jonathan Donville, who hasn't played in a year with Cornell uh, in the Ivy League, playing their stupid little games and, and not playing. Um, so, you know, a very good player out of him. We'll see how he fits in there. Um, and then, you know, you also get Gavin Ty at the faceoff dot, and you get out of out of Virginia, and then you get Villanova transfer, Owen uh, Pobliski uh, at, at defense. So, uh, and this is a deep and talented back end um, for Maryland. It was last year, should be again this year. So we'll see how he fits in to that unit there. Um, it was a solid player. There at Villanova, uh, I think it was a four-year trend, a four-year starter-ish, three-year starter at Villanova. 
Uh, so we'll see how he does in College Park. Um, Ty, you know, didn't see a ton. Gavin Ty didn't see a ton of action at Virginia, uh, but you know, was a highly touted player coming out of high school. Um, Under Armour All American, you know, very good player, very good prospect. Um, put him up there at the dot with Luke Wireman. That's a solid one-two punch. Um, and look, Ty didn't see a ton of action in Charlottesville, but when he did play as that backup, you know, he played very well. Um, and, and so he's shown what he can do. The I think he projects to be a pretty dang good player at the college level. Notre Dame, the Irish, they dove into the portal heavily last season, as as did Maryland, as did Rutgers, as did many of these teams. Um, and, you know, obviously helped them with their, you know, get to the NCAA quarterfinals um, there with guys like Will York. Um, you get Gallagher at the dot. You get Kilty. So uh, you get Thornton to pair with Kilty. Um, and they lose both those guys on defense. So, um, no, Notre Dame goes back in the portal this year. Very early on, though. Like, like they got most of these guys in May. Like, late May, early June. Um, biggest get for them, I would probably say uh, Richmond defenseman Jason Reynolds. All uh, grad transfers here, by the way, also. Um Started every single game of his career with the Spiders. Three-time all-conference selection. Um, he's going to fit right into that defense. Especially, like I mentioned, Jack Kilty, Kyle Thornton gone. He can step right in there. Um, same can be said for uh, LSM Matt Douglas uh, out of Lehigh, who's coming in as a grad transfer. You get midfielder Matt Federica as uh, head Son of head coach uh, Federica at Bucknell. He comes from Bucknell where he played with his uh, for his father. Um, you also get, I really like this get here, um, Colgate attackman slash midfielder uh, Mike Hawkins. Um, I, I think he can be a solid contributor. You can put him wherever on the field, and, and he can make some plays for you in that offense, uh, an offense that does return a 12-time finalist. Um, there in Pat Cavanaugh. So um, looking good there, the Irish are. Uh, not the you know sexiest um, transfer class, but uh, some solid playmakers that can certainly step in and make an impact um, right away, especially on the defensive end, I would say, um, for Kevin, what's his name? Corrigan. I was going to say Cassis, um, Kevin Corrigan, and the Irish. Moving on to Ohio State, which is a team that really, like, i got to say this. Nick Myers, like, I've been very impressed. Of all the classes, like, you can look at the, the amount of players of Rutgers, the talent that Maryland has gotten, the, you know, solid gets of Notre Like, you can look at these other classes of transfers. I am very, very intrigued by what Ohio State has been doing here. Ohio State, first of all, they lose Grant Mitchell, um, who was their, what, fifth guy on 
offense uh, the past two seasons. They lose him to Duke. He transfers to Duke. It's a big get for them. Big get for Duke. Um, Duke also gets Sean Lowy. So two solid gets there. Well, Sean Lowy is a fantastic get. Grant Mitchell, we'll see how he does in a what I would call overcrowded midfield. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, so Ohio State loses him. They go, and I think they've done a, a better job than any, of getting players that they need. Filling their needs probably better than anybody. So you get a pair of Hobart transfers, Jason Knox, coming in at the attack spot. And, you know, he they lose some big pieces, Ohio State does, on really at all spots. Um, at all spots. Offense, defense, uh, face-off dot. I mean, they lose some really, really good pieces from last year's team. Trey McClair is gone. Taylor Finko's gone. I mean, they lose some good pieces. Anasio's gone. Henrik's gone. I mean, they... And, and, and look, they've replaced them. Not fully, and no one's ever going to replace those great players. Um, but they filled the holes. Jason Knox fills that hole at attack. He's what I would call you know, maybe a top 10 goal scorer in the country when he's on his game. Um, and then you get Drew Blanchard out of Hobart as well. He's a grad transfer with two years of eligibility left. You lose Inacio, you get Blanchard. He can step right in there and be a day one starter also. You get Caton Johnson in goal. Um, he started 13 games at North Carolina. In 2019 and 2020, obviously lost the job this year to Colin Krieg. Um, but, you know, change of scenery there in Columbus. I think you can put him in cage right away. And then lose uh, Van D. Bevogenkamp uh, there, who was the starter for a little bit. Skylar uh, Walland was, he started a couple games as well. I put Johnson over him. And then, you know, the most recent transfer, uh, who also, I think, came in, uh, when did I see this? Um, he announced on, I want to say Tuesday, uh, but, you know, might have been a Wednesday. Uh, no, it was Tuesday. He announced Tuesday. Uh, defenseman Noah Mendoza out of Lafayette. Uh, he's come to Ohio State. And that's a guy, you know, Maybe, you know, not the most polished um, guy, but uh, if you watch that Lafayette team at all last season, he was a leader of that defense, which was a very young team, very young defense, just young team overall. He was a leader there as a freshman, a kid out of Nashville, Tennessee, out of Montgomery Bell. Um, so and I've, I've seen him play two, three times in high school, um, and obviously watched a couple Lafayette games this year. So um, I think he's going to fit you know, pretty well. Um, is he a day one starter, You know, is, or is he more of a project guy? You know, that, that's 
yet to be seen, but you know, started all 11 games um, for Lafayette last year, coming into Ohio State, where they do lose some pieces on that on that defense. Um, pretty good, pretty good pieces that Ohio State has in place there that they've gotten via the portal. Moving on to Villanova, and this is another team that they've lost some pieces, and we've mentioned Keegan Kahn, Owen Pawlyski, uh, losing both those guys. Um, and look, you're not going to replace either of them, just like I've said with other players on this podcast. But they do get some good pieces in there that I think can make an impact. Former Franklin and Marshall attackman Luke Keating, a three-time All-American, get him in there. J.P. Basile out of Duke, he's he's going Villanova. Johns Hopkins midfielder Brett Baskin, he can go. He's going to Villanova. All three of those guys have the ability to step up and fill some of those holes on that offense and make an impact because they do lose some talented players outside of Khan, on that offense as well. So, you know, they all step up here, all can step up and make that impact. And look, you got Matt Campbell coming back. You got Patrick Daly coming back. So, putting some of those guys with those two, uh, Tucker uh, Goodelli was a solid freshman last year for them. Put those guys in there, some veteran leaders on that offense. You know, usually good things come out of that. Now, defensively, and this is one of my favorite gets of of the of the offseason, Chris Hovada out of Monmouth. No, he was the guy on Monmouth's defense last year. And this was, I was looking at the other day, they ended up being ranked, I think it was second, defense in the nation. I think it was Georgetown and Monmouth, if I'm not mistaken, were the top two defenses, Monmouth. And Chris Hovada was the guy on that defense for the Hawks. And this is a team that, you know, went to the NCAA tournament, obviously lost to North Carolina, no shame in that, but they went to the NCAA tournament, won the MAC. And Havada was the guy, not only on that defense, but on that team. And taking his talents to Villanova, pretty good pickup there, if I have to say so myself, for Coach Corrado and the Wildcats. So, uh, you know, Rutgers, Maryland, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Villanova, top five winners of the portal. Now, Duke and Georgetown, I think, are those next two. Obviously, um, Will Bowen going to the Hoyas. We've known that for months and months now. Um, and then Duke, I mentioned, gets Grant Mitchell as well as Sean Lowy. Um, You know, in Georgetown, they also pick up some other players that is currently escaping me, uh, names escaping me at the moment. Um, Alex Trippi. And I believe they get another one, if I'm not mistaken. Bowen and Trippi, two very good players. Um, yeah, Bowen and Trippy are the two guys that they get. Okay, so it's just two. Um, look, both those programs, Duke and Georgetown, um, going to be fine next year, going to be good teams. Uh, but in terms of 
transfer portal success. Um, look, they've gotten some good players, obviously, but the and the talent is up to par with some of these other teams that I've mentioned. But with just two guys in the class, you know, on that article, I thought about putting you know others and just putting those two. Um, but you know, I, I certainly say they're, they're both top ten classes with just two players in them. Well, Duke gets uh, Zuzowski, um, uh, short stick defensive midfielder out of Marist, but um, you know, certainly both those two teams have done a good job as well. And the only reason I mention them is because I've gotten a lot of messages since publishing that article that have said, hey, where's Duke? Where's Georgetown? Don't worry. I'm not uh, forgetting them. Just with only two, three guys in your class, um, based on what some of these other programs have done, it's not as good. Like, look, and obviously, like, there was no Michael Sowers this summer. There was no Mike Adler. Like, again, it was not as big of a summer transfer portal wise as last year was, which was just insane. So, um, obviously, going to be, but, you no know, lesser amount of big names, but still some very big names that are going to, uh, some good programs going to make an impact. Now, let's end this podcast here with a bit of recruiting talk. So, um, as you remember, March of 2020, NCAA mandates a dead period. Why? Because of the uh, virus, uh, Chinese virus uh, coming out of uh, Wuhan, uh, COVID. Um, Because of that, they instituted a dead period. I agree with that at the time. They continue to play these stupid little games, and they, uh, you know, people can't make decisions for themselves, apparently. You know, Big Brother's got to be there um, holding your hand the whole time. Um, and they keep this dead period going through June of 2021. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, watch the college football transfer portal this year. It will be insane. Um College lacrosse, I will add, probably will be as insane. Um, and again, we did see a lot of freshmen in the portal this year. So, what does that say? Um, no, certainly the 2020 class wasn't impacted by the uh, dead period no, nearly as much. But uh, 21s weren't really impacted too, too much as well. But 2022s are where... They really got hit. So uh, September 1st, so dead period is in March. It's still going September 1st when the contact period opens up. During September, and this is from inside Lacrosse's numbers here, there was 264 commitments, D1 commitments, in the 2020 class in September. That is a massive number. That is massively higher than previous cycles since the September 1st date. So imagine when things open in June 1st, you haven't been able to meet the coaches. You haven't been able to talk to them in person. You haven't been able to get on campus for an official visit. 
some players did were were able to you know take drives and go see campuses and whatnot, um, and that helps when most of your recruiting base is on the East Coast and when most of the schools are on the East Coast. But some of the guys from the South and the West Coast weren't necessarily able to do that um, as much. So now we have kids able to take visits, coaches able to evaluate in person. What do you think is going to happen? It's it's like the floodgates opening. The floodgates have opened. So, and the, early on in June, um, there wasn't a ton of movement. I didn't expect that. I'd been saying for months, we're going to see a wave. We're going to see a wave of decommitments, flips, you know, whatever. Just, again, commitments, because some schools didn't really want to take a ton of kids last fall without seeing them in person. Some smaller schools didn't do that. Um, and we've seen that now. Uh, some players didn't ma- maybe want to make a decision last fall until they saw campuses. Some players maybe made placeholder commitments. I got to get my spot or I'm going to lose out because I don't know when things are going to open back up. Things have opened back up now. And since things have opened back up, there have been... 65 commitments in the 2022 class, nine flips, um, and that number, according to the Lacoste Bucket Recruiting Database, um, 65 commitments, nine flips. And that number should only rise. Actually, it was 64 before I started recording this, and it just moved up to 65. (laughs) So, um, that's how fast it's moving. It could be 66, 67, heck, maybe 70 by the time um, the clock strikes strikes midnight tonight. So there's been a lot of movement, a lot of movement. Um, I've mentioned in writing here, um, Penn State has done the most. They have nine commitments in their 2022 class. Five have come since June 30th. So uh, they've done a fantastic job. Three of those commitments from June 30th are flips. Um, They flipped John King from Utah, Utah, I believe. Let's go to the decommitment page here. Um, Yeah, John King. Okay, John King from St. Joseph's. Uh, from Utah. Um, they flipped Ben Spinelli from Notre Dame, who had previously flipped from Brown, and they flipped Ryan O'Connor from Villanova. We've also seen Tim Myers flip from Navy to Virginia. EJ Vasile, who's been a had a fantastic spring, fantastic summer, flipped from Bellarmine to Lehigh. Tate Seaman from Air Force to Villanova. Gavin Kelly, uh, again, another kid who had a tremendous spring, tremendous summer uh, out of St. John's in D.C. From Robert Morris to Drexel. Jackson Kane, a California native from Colgate to Princeton. He's a reclass. Um, and then we just saw Matt Burns out of Chaminade flip from Sacred Heart to Navy uh, the other day. So, um, and I expect the flips and the commitments to just keep on coming. 
through August in the 22 class. Um, Ohio State has also been very heavily involved, picking up four commitments, including the one that happened during this recording. Um, since mid-June um, and two in the past few days, Drexel and Holy Cross. Holy Cross, a bit of a different situation with the coaching situation last fall and winter, so their entire 2022 class has been built in June and July. Um, Drexel has built, I think they've gotten three, four commitments um, since the everything has opened. We've seen kids going on visits and all of that, so um, yeah, like September 1st, 2023s can start getting contacted, but, you know, I I think this 2022 wave is probably going to last maybe through early September, and and look, we could maybe see more movement in that class in spring of 2022, spring of your senior year, than we ever have. So uh, a lot to focus on there, recruiting-wise, a lot to watch. Uh, That is it for today's show. Again, thank you all for listening. You can find us at lacrossebucket.com, at lacrossebucket on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, thank thank you all for listening, and we'll be back soon. I don't exactly know when, but uh, we'll certainly uh, let you all know. Again, thank you all for listening. See you all soon.